Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1978's Corvette Summer, directed by Matthew Robbins and starring Mark Hamill and Annie Potts. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? I watched The Cabin in the Woods. It's fantastic. Is it? Yeah. It's a great, great movie. It's it's a movie that like... That, that makes fun of horror, but also kind of revels in it, uh-huh. which is the best kind of satire. Is that the one where they know they're in, like, a horror situation? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's and awesome. It's being, like, <laughs> it's being manipulated, and, and yeah, and there's, a, and there's an amazing cameo at the end that is in the opening credits, but you forget, because, you know, like, mm-hmm. a, an hour and a half has passed, and you're like, oh, and then it happens, you're like, oh, that's right, you know? <laughs> um, and, yeah, everyone should see it. It's, it's a really good movie. Sounds, it sounds Edgar Wright. Like it sounds uh, it, well, like that. It is, except it's not. It's it's not as humorous as. I mean, okay. if Edgar Wright had made Cabin in the Woods, it would it would be awesome, but it would be very different. Well, that's Shaun of the Dead. I yeah, guess. pretty so, much. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I watched a classic. I watched Heat. From, oh, oh yeah, yeah dude. dude. Yeah. Uh, Pacino and De Niro in this movie. Right. Right. Pretty good stuff. Actually sharing the screen. Yeah, and I watched it, and I. I was like, this movie had to get like a ton of Oscars. Yeah. Right. None. No nominations. <laughs> I was shocked. It's so. It, it sh- I mean, it proves that the Oscars don't fucking matter. No. Heat no. is an undeniable classic. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that diner scene with the two of them, oh man, that is a tour de force right there. <laughs> I mean, like, like you watch that diner scene, and I've I've rewatched the diner scene many times. Oh yeah. Um, and I I just can't get enough of it. It was such a long time coming. And it's happened since with the two of them actually in a movie, but but it was like I just pretend that like righteous kill never happened because yeah. you know heat is where it's at definitely and just the whole movie it's not just that scene and right. these two you know monsters in a scene together <laughs> yes the the script is amazing I know it's so original like it it's just so good and and Val Kilmer and, and Ashley Judd and right. Tom Sizemore Ashley all Judd good. kills yeah. this movie yeah they're all great yep everyone should watch Heat yep uh, now let's. Do the question of the week from last week, Dave. We asked everyone what their favorite thing about the Godfather trilogy was. Uh-huh. And we didn't get as many responses as we thought we'd get. Right. Um, the only one we got was from Instagram. Jackson, the film geek, says uh, his favorite thing is everything except part three. So <laughs> we're trying to get more of a conversation going here. Right. About, but... I, and and, and when, you, when he referenced part, when they referenced part three, I was like, okay, well, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted someone to come up with the answer. Uh, Sofia Coppola going on to become a world-class director. Oh, that's great. You know, now, yeah. that that's really the best part of the, the, mm-hmm. the trilogy. I mean, you know, like as far as the fallout of it. I just watched Virgin Suicides a couple weeks ago, man. Nice. God. Yeah. Her movies are good. Her movies are I wasn't excellent. a huge yeah. fan of the Bling Ring, but okay. like, Lost in Translation is dynamite, man. And Marie Antoinette is awesome. I haven't seen that one. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going we're gonna to look at a couple latecomers from the previous question of the week. Yeah. It was a favorite movie with an overly long title. <laughs> um, we got a lot of people responding to this after we recorded this, so we're going to go over these real quick right. because they're so good. Right. We just got to do it. Um, one of them, uh, Marty, these are all on our Facebook page, says, Big Trouble in Little China. Mm. Classic. I love that movie. <laughs> uh, Salvador says, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. What do you think of that movie, Dave? Um, yeah, <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind <laughs> is an excellent film. Jim Carrey's best performance? Jim Carrey, unquestionably Jim Carrey's best performance. Yeah. And some of the best performances in the careers of other people, too. I mean, like, some of the best. I mean, yeah. Mark Ruffalo's been great in other things. But, like, um, Kirsten Dunst is excellent. Tom Wilkinson is yeah. excellent. Kate Winslet is always excellent. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, it, 
that them getting to be in a movie with Jim them in a movie with Jim Carrey and bringing out the best in him is is really the best part. Exactly, yeah. And uh, Jason says Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Yes. Yeah, see, and the thing about Birdman is that like you you get to like say Birdman. Yeah, you can just say Birdman. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. Uh, Katie says, so I merited Axe Murderer, the, the Mike Myers film. Yes. I used to always look at this at the, at the video store. I'd always pick up the VHS. Yes. And that 1993 bowl cut that Mike Myers oh, dude, has yeah. in the front of that movie. And he's holding like a bouquet of flowers yes. behind his back. And then his fiance or his wife is uh-huh. holding an axe behind her back. Yeah. Nancy Travis has a secret axe. <laughs> uh, Paul says the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, mm-hmm. which is becoming kind of like a, a big deal again. Everyone I think is discovering this movie. Yeah. Cause I think it's, Probably a lot because of Casey Affleck's, you know, Oscar probably, win, you know, probably people are returning to it. Mm-hmm. And Jay says it. <laughs> well, I knew we'd get one person to say like a one word title. They always troll us. I know. Why is I know. everyone trolling us? Because I, I, I'm, I'm really thankful for it. Yeah, you know? I like it. Yeah. Uh, so everybody, thanks for all the question of the week responses. Uh, we'll give you the new one after our discussion of Corvette Summer. So Dave, why don't you give everyone a synopsis? All right. Um, so Corvette Summer, there, there's a, uh, <laughs> first off, I mean, yeah. this title, I, I love it. Oh God. And <laughs> Corvette Summer. When, when, when we saw the title, it was, it was absolutely irresistible. We had to, we had to watch it and talk about it. Um, but the, the, the very, <laughs> the, the, the plot of the movie is that like, there's a kid in shop class played by Mark Hamill who, uh, who like him and his, him and his friends, they, and his, and his teacher, they restore this like Corvette stingray. They, Mark Hamill saves it from the, uh, from demolition at a junkyard mm-hmm. and, uh, it ends up getting, uh, swiped and taken to Las Vegas and they, they're in Southern California. So like Mark Hamill goes on a road trip to try to like retrieve the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of shit happens. So mm-hmm. we, we'll get into it. Yeah. Luke Skywalker, man, is in the movie. Yeah. I think that was our main draw. We said, oh, all right, yes, look at was. this movie, Corvette Summer. Holy crap, what a title. And we look, Mark Hamill in 1978, <laughs> one year after Star Wars, is in this totally obscure movie. I we know. We have to watch this. And, my, and Annie Potts I know. is in this too. Annie Potts. And <laughs> and like like we all know her from Ghostbusters and Designing Women. Yeah. But um, man, I, I I I didn't know that she was making movies in the seventies already. Well, didn't she already do design? Oh no, when was designing women? Designing women was in like late eighties. Okay, never mind. Yeah. I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, but yeah, yeah, dude, she's the manic pixie dream girl in this she, movie. Uh, she for might, real. Is she the original manic pixie dream? Well, you I know what? Can, Actually, I don't know. She, you know what? She really doesn't. Maybe she doesn't qualify as manic pixie because like she's not listening to indie rock and, <laughs> and she's not like you know uh, making Mark Hamill a better person she's, as a sensitive young man. She's not making Jim Carrey give the performance of his career. No, exactly. Okay. <laughs> she's not. She's not Clementine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but but she is like she she is there to like you know be kind of um. Uh, you know, she, she's unusual. She's got like the, the, the Annie Potts personality. Yeah. And, and when you put it up against like a Mark Hamill, especially at the time, mm-hmm. um, like the, the, the two kind of have this weird, they, they have chemistry, but there's always a clash in every scene that they're in together. It's kind of weird. Like a clash, like the script presents a clash yes. or, or like chemistry wise, a clash. Cause I thought they were great together. Oh, I, I, I did too. I really enjoyed watching it, but, uh-huh. but it, it just like, like as a couple, I, I, I kept trying to like, you know, understand what would like attract these two people to each other yeah and and I, I i still can't quite put my finger on it but they're very good together that was one of my biggest questions 
was what is her fascination with Kenny? That that's Mark Hamill's character, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. There, there is no reason. She just all of a sudden is attached to this guy. I mean, she picks him up hitchhiking on yeah. the way to Vegas. Uh huh. Um, and she's got a van that she's decked out. It's to, a tricked out van. Yeah, yeah. Because she's trying to be a prostitute. Yeah. And so she's got a waterbed <laughs> in there. You know, it's all red carpet, and uh-huh. you know, all 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 the fixins are there. Yeah. Um, so she picks him up hitchhiking, and then all of a sudden she's just like, "This is the guy." I don't well, get it. He he is he is nineteen. I mean, it's Mark Hamill in nineteen seventy eight, and he looked a little bit like Sean Cassidy mm-hmm. then. So he was like kind of looking okay. Yeah. So maybe it was just physical attraction. Maybe, and you know they don't get into it in the movie. But thinking about it now, she's probably has some kind of. Maybe she's hesitant about doing this mm. on her own. Oh yeah, she's because she says she's a prostitute in training. <laughs> I know, like I that. know. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then, like my 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 biggest beef with the film is involving her character. Mm-hmm. Where like, okay, so so she picks him up, and then they end up in Vegas, and then they split up for a minute, and then they find themselves back together in this gas station yeah. where Mark Hamill is sleeping in a U-Haul van in yeah. a U-Haul trailer, mm-hmm. and she shows up. And it's like leaving Las Vegas for a minute. She, mm-hmm. She's like a she's a prostitute who was like beat up by a John, mm-hmm. and they're playing it for laughs. Yeah, that I, is my biggest beef. It's not just that scene; it's the whole movie. Exactly. The tone is wrong in all kinds of scenes. It it's like too Wong Fu it, in, it, that mo- yeah, in that moment. It goes from something extremely heavy, yeah. to something lighthearted right. in a split second. Right. Even in the same scenes, and it's like confusing for you. Yes. Like, one moment, Mark Hamill's on a bike trying to catch a truck with his hand. Oh, is he going to get it? And uh-huh. then the next second, he's getting beat up with a chain. With like, a chain. Yeah. I know. And it is a violent scene. It's, yes. it's like something out of Cobra. Like, <laughs> the movie doesn't... It can't... I don't know what it is. It the doesn't, di- it the doesn't. direction isn't the best. No, it's not. So, I don't know. But I'm not... I enjoyed the movie, actually, myself. Yeah, me too. I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. But it has that big problem. That's the biggest problem. It doesn't know what it's trying to really be. It can't... And the music doesn't help. I'll tell you that much. It's like someone put a Chicago record on and just hit play. Because it is omnipresent throughout this movie. It is. And it's in all the wrong scenes, in the wrong places, and it doesn't just let things happen and play out. There's got to be some weird trombone or something going on. The whole time. It's, it's so weird. Okay, I I now I understand now what you're talking about with Chicago and the trombone. Uh-huh. Yeah, because um, it it's even even the absence of the of the score is kind of strange. Yeah. Um, because there's a moment early in the movie when when the, after the car gets stolen, like oh, so, so the shop class they they they're they're taking it's weird they're on the Sunset Strip after hours yeah. with the shop teacher taking turns driving this car. I'm I guess I'm guessing this happens. When you have you auto shop okay. class like, yeah. and you fix up a car, you go on a field trip. But not Saturday night on the Sunset Strip. You're going to go to Vince Neal's Sunset Strip <laughs> to, to, to do this test drive. I mean, it's so strange. And uh-huh. and like, and then you let Danny Bonaducci drive. And Come he on. goes by himself. Like the only He's the only one who gets uh-huh. to go by himself. That's true. And he goes to get Cokes for everybody. <laughs> and the car gets swiped. Well, the teacher wants a Sprite. <laughs> That's right. I wrote that down. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and Danny Bonaducci, you know, like like fucks everything up. And in this is probably <laughs> one of my favorite things I've ever seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, after like after they realize the car's been stolen, 
um, I this is what I want my life to be from now on. Okay. Is Mark Hamill form tackling Danny Bonaducci <laughs> and cokes go flying. Yes. Oh man, it's so you little shit. I love it. He's sitting there. Mark Hamill's sitting there with the coke in his hand. You know that paper cup from a fast food joint. <laughs> and Danny Bonaducci's up there talking to the cops like I I didn't do this. They told me to get cokes. And Mark Hamill's just growing enraged further and further. <laughs> And he goes, I didn't ask for a Coke. And he squishes the Coke and it sprays <laughs> everywhere. And he tackles Danny Bonaduce. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. It was so unexpected and amazing. I mean, wow. And Mark Hamill was awesome in this movie. I thought he did a good job. <laughs> well, he had a too. great performance. Yeah. I, in I this think movie. he does too. Yeah. I, I think he's really good. And and it's and there's just an he, he it's a it's a real uh, big departure from from Luke Skywalker. Certainly. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, but because Luke Skywalker is so iconic, you can't help but feel Luke <laughs> in some of these scenes. Right. Um, he's really trying to get away from it, but it's but it's there. Yeah, and, and especially when he has like the whininess to him. Yeah. You got. Uh, it really comes out. You're like, all right. Uncle Owen is around the corner somewhere, and he's like, building a car. So, so it's like the, it's, it's a speeder. It's, I know exactly. Like Tashi's corners is around. There's Tashi's station is around her somewhere. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and like at one point, um, oh god, uh, like like him and the shop teacher have like a a, a relationship where like the shop teacher kind of like uh, Mr. McGrath like really likes he's Kenny. He's kind of like a, a surrogate father almost. Yes. Yeah. Because um, like Kenny. His home life is not great, um, yeah. and and it was actually what reminded me of Luke Skywalker at at first was when he goes home and we see his like mom who they, they, the two of them live in a trailer mm-hmm. and she kind of is like a party girl mm-hmm. and she says, um, "Aren't you going to give your mama a kiss?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Oh, sorry, mom," and it's not a mother son kiss. Yeah, and it's two years in a row where Mark Hamill has participated in like. <laughs> You know, incest plots. It's the it's, it's a weird thing that he's. Just, I mean, uh, I mean, like like she lays this kiss on him that is that is like it's not. There's no tongues in there, but it's open mouth and it's it's lingering. It's, it's a little it's, too it's, much. It's, it's weird. Yeah, a little too much. But yeah, the the shop teacher is almost his surrogate father because there's no dad in the picture. Mm-hmm. She's out palling around with guys all the time. Yes, and leaving him. Locked out of the home. Yeah, so, yeah. She took the secret key and the well, the, took her key and the spare key. Yeah. So this is all setting up Mark Hamill's, you know, character. Yeah. He, bad home life. He gets D's on his tests. Yeah. You know, cars are life for yeah. this man, and he, rightfully so. He th- this guy knows how to fix up a car. He's man. a talented mechanic. Like as we find out later, he gets the job with the you know the car thief to fix up the the stolen cars yes. and stuff. Like he's that good. Right. That's what he needs to do. <laughs> and so, like, the teacher even tells him, like, don't fall in love with these cars because it's just a commodity, you yeah. know? Cars will come and go, man. Mm-hmm. Don't get attached to this one. Right, right. And we later find out it's because, you know, the shop teacher's in on the, the thievery. Which is the big reveal. I didn't see it coming. I didn't either. I was shocked, actually. I go, oh, my God. And it was the second time I felt the Star Wars uh, was it? angle. Because it was it was when, he, when, when Mr. McGrath makes the reveal that he's the one behind the theft, they, they put the camera on Mark Hamill. And all I could think of was, that's impossible. He's going to go, no. Yes, yes. I mean, like it's because it, it's it's an encounter in in a in a where it's just the two of them. Now it's in the desert instead of a big hangar. Uh-huh. But like it, it just was there for me, and I, and I couldn't help it. And I felt so bad mm-hmm. because I couldn't distance myself from the Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. 
I like the scene when he reveals it to Mark Hamill. Me too. Because we kind of have a hint at this point that he's in on this. Yeah. And then he shows up in Las Vegas right when Mark Hamill's about to go to the cops. Yeah. And stops him. And it's just like, all right, let's go talk. And Mark Hamill is like, oh, you're doing detective work too? I think he says, like, you're doing a little spade action. Yes. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Which I love that I line. That was awesome. <laughs> and Mark Hamill just doesn't get it uh-huh. for a while. <laughs> but I really like the scene when he's telling them they're in the desert. And then he's like, you know, you got to understand where I'm coming from. Like, I get paid 15000 a year. I got kids, a wife, you know. <laughs> And he's like, it's a victimless crime. And he's trying to convince Mark Hamill. <laughs> and the guy who's in charge of this like thievery operation uh-huh. is like watching them from a distance. And the teacher's like, if I don't tap my brakes in the next minute, he's going to come over here and handle things his way. Like, it's breaking bad. Yeah, dude. It's, I mean, it is breaking bad, man. <laughs> and Mark Hamill, I guess, has to go along with it. Otherwise, he's going to get, get whacked, <laughs> man. Because there's, like, people with guns trained on Dude, them in exactly. the moment. That's the problem with the movie, I though. Know. Like, it doesn't know if it's trying to be fun or dangerous. <laughs> and you can do both. You can. But you can't do it this way. No, Like, no. this wasn't done well. And, and like, the, the when when he's, when, when the, the shop to you, when Mr. McGrath is, like, telling him, you know, like, what the what the real situation is, um, he's, he's, it's, it's a, it's another, like, we've talked about before with these tonal shifts where, mm-hmm. um, like it just becomes a really dark situation just like immediately yeah. it goes from from a great a great moment of like reckons you know like the, them them meeting up oh hey how's it going mm-hmm. to you know this guy's a former student of mine mm-hmm. and blah 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 he tells this whole story this mm-hmm. kind of you know and then and then a, the big reveal of that you know the reason he has this house the reason he has the, the this truck mm-hmm. is because he made this you know he he got in bed with this guy and and like arranged for the car to be us, uh, you know, like stolen from Danny Bonaducci. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he sent him out alone to go get there the coat. There you go. That's what well, it is. That's there, right. It's all that's a setup. Right. That's right. And then Mark Hamill actually works for this guy, and it's a big plot to steal back his car. Yeah. Do you? F- okay. So we're kind of all over with this movie. Mm-hmm. It's no one has ever probably seen this, so <laughs> it might be a little confusing for people out there, but. Right. Towards the end of the movie, he joins up with the bad guys. Otherwise, he's going to get killed, you yeah. know? So, yeah. And he, I actually feel like he had a change of heart. Like, all right, I'm making eight fifty a week yeah. doing what I love. Right. Even though it's shady business, I can't. I will never have this. This mm-hmm. is amazing. I can have any car I want, is what he tells <laughs> Annie Potts as yes. he unzips her dress. Yes. Yeah, I love that part. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Oh, it's a good scene because he actually, I feel like he has turned into the evil man. He has lost himself, and I really feel like he did. I didn't feel like this is all a ruse to steal back the Corvette. Right. Um, which is what he does. I don't know if he just all of a sudden is like, I'm going to do this. Like, do you know what drove him to steal it back? Was it something Annie Potts did? Like, she left him, and he was like, oh, my God, what have I done? Or um, it's just, Yeah, it, it's, be, it's because it left open? Uh, it's it's. You know, like Annie Potts um, has has left him, and and what is kind of the 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 big reveal of that is when that that scumbag guy pulls up to the shop in Annie's van. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, it turns out, you know, she sold it, 
and he doesn't know where she is because she he goes back to the to the burger stand where she works and she's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we we cut to him sitting on top of like a, a hot rod in the shop, and it's like quitting time with all the other mechanics are leaving, and he's still welding. and And the boss mm-hmm. says, "Hey, it's time to you know like pack up," and he yeah. he just ignores him and like, "Okay, suit yourself." And then he spends the evening, yeah. um, like taking the Corvette, which has now been disguised, uh, you know, like right. the and and he repaints it, gets it back to where it where where it was yeah. in the shop class, mm-hmm. and he's gonna steal it now. And he waits till morning when a couple of the guys walk in, and he like, it's it's an all out death match brawl. I know, like, and he ambushes them with with like he mechanics like tools. hits a guy in the face with like a big old fucking metal thing. Like it's <laughs> and the other guy's trying to kill him. It's insane. It is, <laughs> and and like and 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 this is and this is even after when when they first kidnapped him, mm-hmm. and like. It got real serious, and the guy with the chain yeah. is is chasing him, and he's covered in motor oil. Mm-hmm. They they had locked him in the back of the of the shop, and like the the guy with the chain was supposed to guard the door, uh-huh. and he hears a ruckus. He goes in there. Mark Hamill's gone, and there's like a bunch of boxes stacked up to a top window that's been busted, and he's like, "Oh shit, this guy got away." Yeah, and then they keep the camera trained on the back room. And there's the review. <laughs> like it's so stupid. Mark Hamill, like just like Mark Martin Sheen, he like like <laughs> kind of comes out of the oil drum. <laughs> and, he's, and he's covered in, in he does in an this, apocalypse. Yes, now. he does exactly, dude. <laughs> dude, it sucks. It sucked right. because all right, it's this movie. It, you know, whatever. It's real and fake at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> he's it, how long is he in this motor oil holding his breath? Oh my. Thank you. Who? Who? How could you ever how live could, through that? And how could he stack the boxes up while he's I in the motor know. oil? I don't know. It's so so dumb. <laughs> and you like you, yeah. Good point, dude. You die if if if. I mean, like if your skin is, is like exposed to this much motor oil, you're dead. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so stupid. <laughs> you can't fully submerge an oil came drum up, when. When it just stay trained on it, I'm like, no, is he in that barrel? <laughs> Come on, movie. I know. You do this, and then in the next scene, he's getting hit in the face with a 20-pound chain. Uh, it's like, what are you doing? This dude is chasing him with an actual, like, like a, a long chain, and he's using that for a it's, weapon. He's an enemy from Double Dragon. I know. It exactly. Yes, that's right. That's, it is. It is. Ugh. <laughs> And then, and then when they had that other encounter that we we had we had gotten to previously, uh-huh. like at the end when Mark when Mark Hamill decided that when Kenny's going to steal the Corvette, the the same chain dude comes in, right? And and like like Mark Hamill dispatches the other guy fairly quickly, uh-huh. but then it's him and chain guy, and uh-huh. they're like now in the in the the garage where they paint cars, and mm-hmm. Mark Hamill has like. He's thrown all of his wrenches already, like Double mm-hmm. Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the dude is swinging the chain. Bolo Young comes out. Exactly. In the helicopter. And Adobo walks in. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the guy, like, like starts swinging the chain, and Mark Hamill picks up the big, um, like, it, it's it's this big paint canister that's, like, you oh, know, attached to, a like, an air Yeah, hose. it's a spray, it's a car yeah, spray paint. Exactly. You know, it's for painting paint. cars. Yes. And it's heavy and industrial, and Mark Hamill slugs this dude with it, oh. and then sprays him with red paint in the eyes for like thirty seconds. This dude is so dead. 
I mean, it went because his mouth is open. It's going right. down his throat. That's chain guy, right? Yes. Yep. He's ingested like at least you know a quarter gallon of paint, and he's been you know like socked in that like brained mm-hmm. with, with 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 heavy metal. Maybe everyone in this universe is immune to toxic liquids. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only explanation, <laughs> right? <dude>. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh. oh, dude, whatever. <laughs> dude, the the guy he whacks with that metal, yeah. you know who that is? It's Brian James. Yes. Yeah. Brian James. Mm-hmm. I, I was happy to see Brian James. Uh-huh. I was like, holy shit, man. Exactly. I was like, I've seen him in tons of stuff. Who's that evil-looking tall dude? It's, <laughs> right. Oh, it's Brian James like, from Blade Runner. Yeah, you were that simulant. Yes. <laughs> you know who else was in the movie? T.K. Carter? T.K. Carter. Knowles is in this movie, I man. couldn't believe it. D- did you catch it live? Yes. When he's in the car, I'm like, that's Knowles, man. I, I heard his voice. Yeah. And, like, like he, he's just, he's in it, because, like, the, the Corvette has been <laughs> has been going, is in the car wash where Mark Hamill's working, and he, he just, like, he hears, he hears, like, you know, oh, like, some rumble, he turns around, uh-huh. and, like, you hear T.K. Carter going, oh, man, this is a sweet car, and he's in there, like, you know, wiping down the windows, yeah. and you're like, oh, how do I know that voice? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it's Milo. Dude, and it was... <laughs> Milo. <laughs> It was a two shot too. It's like, oh my god, there's T.K. Carter, and then, oh no, Brian James is driving the car. They're revealed in the same scene. Yes, yes. The same exact scene. Yes, I mean, like, like <laughs> that is burying the lead. You got T.K. <laughs> Carter and Brian James, and I know it was 1978, and these guys were nothing at the time, but still, <laughs> I think we're the only doofuses who are really giving a shit about this. <laughs> I think you might be right. It's funny because it's all related to our show. It's like, holy shit. I know. These are the peop- oh, my God. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was fun, though, seeing that. It was. It was cool. And, and also, Brian James in this movie looks just like porn star John Holmes. Yes, He's, he's got, like, a big mustache and he's and kind of longish hair, and he's wearing, like, 70s disco clothes. It's pretty great. Uh-huh. Um, was your sound off? Everything sounded very echoey. Um, I, I, I rented it on Amazon. Uh, me too, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't notice the sound being off. Uh, was, was there not, certain not things off. that like like it wasn't a timing thing, but it sounded like the the people recording the sound, the gaffer, and everything. It was just echoes everywhere. Oh, like, yeah, okay. it was bad sound recording. Right, which which is kind of surprising because the rest of the movie is sort of well made. Yeah, I mean, like, like the for the, the most part, it's yeah, it's a good movie. You, you can tell that there was some money in this. Yeah, I mean, like they 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 really kind of did their best, and and they they were trying to make a real movie, mm-hmm. um, and they did. I mean, I I read up. Apparently, it was kind of a hit. I mean, oh, like, really? as, as obscure as this movie is, how like we are the only two people in America who have seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, this was you know like it made like six times its budget. Very strange. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's just one of those come out and get gone real quick. It's the River Wild, nineteen seventy eight. The River Wild. You know? <laughs> I I prefer this over the River Wild. Absolutely, actually, yes. This is better than the River Wild. Uh, way way better. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what. Going into this, I was like, all right, I don't know what to expect, uh-huh. but I'm not expecting much. <laughs> it was better than I thought. Oh, it was I... a real my bodyguard situation. Oh actually. I, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It, it was on that same level. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, can we talk about the car? Yeah, sure. The okay. Stingray, man. Yeah, the Stingray. Um, when I heard, when, when we decided to do Corvette Summer, and I knew that we were going to have a Corvette in the movie, and it was the 70s, mm-hmm. I was expecting the Dirk Diggler Corvette. You know? Oh, really? Um, mm-hmm. I was expecting a sort of, you know, stripped down, but still, you know, a hot rod, you know, 70s, big wheel wells, you uh-huh. know, Corvette. And it was yeah. red. I was like, okay, it's red. That's cool. That Stingray that they built, it was gaudy, mm-hmm. and... It looked terrible. This is a Hot Wheel. 
it, exactly. Mm-hmm. This I mean, like, if, if it turned into a funny car at some point and like the, the mm-hmm. body of it just lifted, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. It's mm-hmm. got a big flame job on it and the hood scoop that is just, you know, like as big as other cars. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just I, I, I was like looking at it going, that's not a very attractive, you know, like, I mean, as far as as far as a, a, a car in a movie that everybody wants. Yeah. I was like, ah, I don't know. I, I think that the bad guys Trans Am was kind of better than this Corvette, you know, <laughs> I, I liked it. I didn't think it was too bad. Okay. I mean, All right. Whatever. All right. It's what I expected, I guess. You did? Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely... A high school shop class would not build this thing. No. You know how much these parts cost? And, oh, uh, man. Oh, man. Like, yeah. At the beginning, when he rescues this car from the junkyard... Which is the dumbest thing I've seen. He's chasing <laughs> after the crane operator and climbing over tires and just, stop it, stop it, stop it, it's a stingray. <laughs> Come on, man. But uh, it's like he's obsessed or something. about. He sees yeah. this stingray. He sees like four inches of a stingray that has survived. And it's yes. like, let's let's fix that. Yes. <laughs> this Wait, thing's which, gone. I know, exactly. <laughs> this thing is totally like just useless. And he, and, and they, they somehow make this gorgeous <laughs> car out of it. I know that it can be done. I know that people are talented with these kinds of restorations and things like that. But this is like some criterion and, shit. And why is it his car? Everyone's like, like good uh, job, Kenny. Yeah. Like, Kenny, yeah. you did a great job on this car. I know. Well, I mean, he's the master, obviously. He's, like, better than everyone in that class. Yeah. But, like, didn't everyone work on it? Like, well, they, they, they do. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, that, that it kind of de facto belongs to him is is sort of messed up. Yeah. Um, Because, like, yeah, there were four other kids in that thing and the shop teacher who were doing all the work. It's the school's car. It's the school's car. And Annie Potts even calls him out on it, like, you know, like, at one point when he's, like, distributing the newspaper uh, yeah, article his... about, you know, like, mm-hmm. how stolen car or whatever. She's like, it's not even your car! You right, know? yeah. <laughs> I like that, though. He's obsessive about it. Yes. I really felt like he was super obsessed with this car. I mean, he, he left his home. Mm-hmm. To, to to wander the desert looking for a, a a piece of metal and the scene when the cops are like guys this is it's gone like we're not gonna find this yeah they're leveling with them like honestly a car like this and it got stolen it's gonna be gone man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and mark hamill gives a great response he's like no one's gonna scrap this car it's somewhere oh yeah that's right uh-huh. which is true like yeah. no one would take that car and like sell it for parts no way you know someone stole this so they could have it and or sell it and give it to someone else or mm-hmm. do something like that um which he's right and his conviction when he's yelling at the cops is really good <laughs> yes. he is so like i don't give a fuck this car <laughs> is the best and i'm gonna find it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you're you're right about like you know kind of the resulting. Um, I mean, someone is doing like Cameron's dad with that car. Whoever mm-hmm. stole it, it's sitting in a glass case somewhere, uh-huh. being appreciated. Yeah, rubbed you know, with a diaper. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and then at the end, when he gets the car back and he brings it to the school, he he rings the fire alarm so everyone comes out and sees the car. Yeah, and the principal just kind of lets it go. I was so <laughs> mad at this. The principal's like, well, how'd you get it? And he goes, well, let's just say I found it. What? You had a police investigation in this, and the school's involved. And the principal's just like, okay, wink. Yeah, yeah. That's a movie thing, dude. Yeah, it, it, it's a dumb movie thing that happens when, like, like a, a guy who is, like, a, 
apparently still in high school, says something like, let's just say I found it in a tough guy voice. <laughs> to the principal. To the principal. Uh, the, the principal's <laughs> job at that point is to like take this guy by the collar and go, we're going to my office right now. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. And we're um, calling the cops. Yes. We're going to yeah. involve the police <laughs> and there's going to be a full on investigation. Um, you don't get to just walk away and go, where's my diploma? I don't think they needed to do the ending this way. Because no. it's like, all right, so he's going to call out the, the shop teacher and he's yeah. going to get busted or whatever. And that doesn't happen. He just kind of gives him a nod, a knowing look like, all right, we're even now. Like, <laughs> oh, what? Okay. I know. He doesn't turn him in. Like, no. nothing happens. <laughs> they needed... Like they could have just avoided this whole big scene and had maybe a confrontation with the teacher and left it at that. That, yeah. that should have been it. Right. They right. need to get <laughs> this whole spectacle. And the whole school's there. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Bonaducci's like, yes. Right. Right. <laughs> and then Annie Potts is there. Yeah. You know. That's right. And they're just like, who are you? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and when she 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 gets out of the car and she's still like in this this weird costume because she was making a like a I guess a stag it was movie a dirty movie yeah, a dirty movie according to Mark a Hamill. great line is she's like it wasn't a movie it was a short <laughs> yes I loved Annie Potts in this movie I I think that she's like just delightful in her, every scene you her know her character is so one dimensional yeah. But she gives a great performance because she's Annie Potts. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's she's awesome. She's just there to like drive Mark Hamill's character yeah. through the movie, yeah. basically. But that's it. Right. I wish it was, she was more developed. I know because like she could really there could really be a movie about her. Yeah. Like you like know? the the leaving Las Vegas scene. Yes. Like, yes. Go farther with that, man. You get tiny little glimpses of stuff. But it's like I know they they just leave it, right? You know, because we got to care about Kenny. Yeah, and and we got to care about this obsession with this car, and uh-huh. and and I mean, it's it's good. It's definitely compa- it's 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 like keeps you entertained. And you don't find out anything about what happens to her. Like apparently, all right, they're together as a couple now. But yeah, it, we don't find out if she's like, all right, I'm done with this prostitute business. Uh-huh. You know, you don't really get any of that. She's very she she's a lot more worldly than Kenny. And they set it up like like it's an important thing they set up but it's never kind of resolved well they, they, yeah it's just it's just the, the 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 two the two leads end up together in the end in a romantic moment mm-hmm. and i mean how how is she going to go back to like kind of this uh you know a kind of a normal life after having experienced all this and having mm-hmm. done what she did in las vegas i mean you know, I, I don't know how she can like. I mean, she, she, I guess she can get a, another burger stand job, but but she knows what the world is now. Right. You know, she doesn't have her van, so no, that's true. Right. Whatever. Um. Actually, my favorite stuff is when they're together. I mm. like it a lot. Okay. Like the chemistry is really good. Yes, it is. I think one of my favorite scenes is when he becomes de-virginized in the movie. Uh huh. I really like this because. She's trying. She's been trying to get him to have sex with her throughout the whole movie. <laughs> yes, for fifteen dollars or whatever the hell. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and he's he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, let's yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh-huh. And he doesn't want to. <laughs> he's beating around the bush and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and she. You know, we could tell, you know, all right, so he's never done this before. Yeah. And she figures out, like, oh, I'm going to be your first. And, like, multiple times he doesn't go through it. He, like, goes, like, I'm going to sleep on the floor. Okay. Yep. See, yep. You later. See you tomorrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, right. uh huh. Like, the one scene when they, they go through with it, I really loved it. They're in the van together. Mm-hmm. And it seems like she's being really careful and, you know, like, trust, like, not sensitive. Tr- sensitive towards mm-hmm. his 
situation, which right. is great. Yeah. And he finally gives into it, you know, because that's scary. Your first time yeah, is scary. Course. Right. You know, right, even right. if you're the big tough guy, you know, you yeah. know, but you're still going to be nervous about that. You're not prepared for the intensity of the situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they handled it really well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was done very good. Mark Hamill was great. Yeah. And Annie Potts is good, too. The, the, the only thing I didn't like about that scene is, is the stop and start. Because um, she kind of, like, undresses in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he, like, turns away. And then he just kind of sneaks a look. Uh-huh. And then he's kind of, like, getting more and more charged up. And yeah. then he, like, grabs her and, gives and like, gives her a big kiss. Yeah. And then he, like, and she's kind of into it. And then he chickens out again. Mm-hmm. And then she has to, like, kind of uh, reel him back in. I, I wanted the, the, the scene to just be the progression of, oh, my God. You know, I, I, I kind of see what she's doing. And I'm going to gently approach yeah, her. That's what it should have been. Yeah. He like violently kisses her. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big Cary Grant kiss. It is. You know? I know. It is, dude. <laughs> she says, what do you want to kiss for? Let's screw. Yes. <laughs> and I think that really, he's like, oh, uh-huh. man, this is real. Yeah. I'm going to back off a little. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. It- it's a, it's a good scene. It's good. And, yeah. and and like and like it's 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 bookended by um like first Annie Potts uh reveals nudity and then after after apparently <laughs> they've they've had their 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 moment um the 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 skylight of the van opens up. Oh god. Up and a naked Mark Hamill emerges. Ass cheeks and all. <laughs> And he yells something like a '70s catchphrase, I think. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. I wish what I could remember what he yelled. Yeah. Where's the beef? I don't <laughs> know what he. I don't know what he yells. But. Yeah. Oh, now, now, I'm, now I'm crazed because I, I wish I could remember what he yells because it, it it was significant. And and after he yells it, you see Annie Potts' arm come up and bring him back down. Yep. And in a great move, like a like a, a I, I don't even know how he did it. When Mark Hamill is pulled back down through the skylight by Annie Potts. He manages to close the skylight on his way down. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs it like right I didn't before. Even catch that? Yeah, That's it, pretty it, good. Oh, it's good. It's really, it's really fluid and excellent. But yeah, I, I really like that scene. Uh, but yeah, the start and stop doesn't need to happen. Yeah. But yeah, that right. was a really good scene, and it's the two of them together. And I like the colors in the scene. Oh, Did me you too. Notice yeah, that? yeah. Like she's uh-huh. wearing that bright yellow towel, right? And and everything's red yeah. in the van, right. and it's it's lit. God, it just it's this classic yeah. like bright colors. Like it's really good. It's Argento I, I, almost. It's almost Dario Argento. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or Wes Anderson. It's like yes. it is great. But the rest of the movie's not like that. No. It's, it's just not. this one scene. <laughs> it's like technicolor, man. I know. And and you, you get that a lot with like lesser films where, uh-huh. where, where they, they 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 really um they they, they want to do great things and they're fans of great things and then they're like okay they they really concentrate all their efforts on one scene or two scenes mm-hmm. and then they they kind of just forget themselves for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. you know and and I understand where that comes from because like you if you're not as uh, seasoned as a great filmmaker then maybe you don't have those talents but um I I guess they they really knew what they had in this scene and just put all their effort into yeah. It. Um, are you familiar with Matthew Robbins, the director at all? Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's had an interesting career. Really? Um, he was in THX 1138. Really? He was an actor in that? Yeah. Um, and his career has, has like gone on to, he, he's done some stuff. Um, he wrote Crimson Peak. Really? Can you believe, I mean, the guy who directed Corvette Summer wrote Crimson Peak. Holy cow. And he's still, he's still working. Holy you know? shit! Yeah, 
Oh, that's amazing. I know, dude. That's amazing. Right. <laughs> Crimson Peak. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That movie's not that good. <laughs> but it's I, mean, it's I know it's I'm weird. Just... It's, it, yeah, you're right. It's it's a little overrated. But I mean, like like the, to think that that dude who who directed this weird '70s right. movie is still in Hollywood and is like working with Guillermo del Toro. Right. Yeah, that's that's insane. That is so cool, dude. Uh, yeah, it is. And just let me say, Jessica Chastain is awesome in that oh, movie, she's though. Excellent. But like, yeah. I could right. I could leave that film. I'm oh, good. Yes. Uh, yeah, man. This. This movie is something. I know. Uh, I know. Do you, I, just, I don't have a lot more to say, but do you remember the scene when he steals the bike from that kid? Yeah. He like, <laughs> I just got to talk about this because it's fucking awesome. He's like, he sees the Corvette driving by after he's trying to chase Brian James out of the car wash or yes. whatever. And he like needs to chase him and he sees a guy on a bike. So Mark Hamill squats behind like a newspaper, like vending machine. Yeah. And the bike g- drives by, rides right by him and he jumps out and goes, Rawr! <laughs> and like tackles the bike <laughs> and then steals it. It reminded me of First Blood. Yes, yes. You remember when this he is closed- John Rambo? Yes, <laughs> clotheslines the motorcycle. Yes, it, it, it's. So I guess like that. Mo- I mean, that is move had already established. Year? No, it's uh, four years later was First Blood. Oh, eighty two was yeah. first. That's right. Yeah. But we talked about how it feels like a seventies movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like this is a weird maneuver to, to yeah. do in any era. But like, you know, it, okay, I need to chase that car. I need a conveyance of some kind. There's a guy on a bike. Let me hide behind this newspaper stand. <laughs> he waits carefully. Yes. And, and then, then like jumps out and scares him, <laughs> and, it, and it's and it's one of like a couple of times where Mark Hamill should be dead because because yes. like, the, the 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 dude like actually um is because Mark Hamill gets in front of him and it's kind of a mess. The the, the guy on the bike kind of gets pile driven, uh-huh. like like <laughs> the way he comes down, he lands weird. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, it's almost like he's power bombed or something. Yeah. And and then like like Mark Hamill gets the the bike and during the ensuing chase, like I, I remember Mark Hamill getting just absolutely plowed by a car. Uh huh. And like he just yeah. rolls away, yeah. like like totally unharmed. Uh huh. When you get hit by a car, even at five miles an hour, you got a busted pelvis at least, you know? <laughs> at least one rib. Yes. Come on. Yes. But he's, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it's Corvette Summer. <laughs> Again, the movie's tone is so off. Uh-huh. It doesn't know. I man. know. Uh, do you, anything else you want to talk about with this movie, Dave? Well, you know, earlier when we were off air and we were just kind of, you know, like clowning on things, um, uh-huh. you had mentioned how how surprised you were that there was not a uh, a love theme to Corvette Summer. There's no titular song. It's of all movies where you'd expect this to be like a continuing refrain throughout the entire mm-hmm. movie, like Corvette Summer. You know, yeah, like, dude, and it's not there. You need the Scorpions or something to come in here. I get Dio to do this. <laughs> God. If Ronnie James Dio <laughs> recorded Corvette Summer, Corvette Summer, yes, dude, yes, yes, I, that's what you need, and and it just isn't there. It's replaced by this no. by this disco music. Yeah, you need you need some heavy fast guitars yes. going. <laughs> deep purple, deep purple, oh, this man. shit, yeah. man. If, oh my God, you could have David Coverdale in there. Yeah, I mean, like, and you'd need a screeching that car vocal. chase at the end. Needs yes. deep purple. Yes, it doesn't need. Burp, 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 burp. Oh, I know, and, and it's like, and and the 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 slapping bass and everything that, <laughs> yeah. that accompanies that car chase. In my head, 
the I hadn't thought of like you know the deep purple Dio uh, yeah, scorpions right. thing yet, dude, dude. But but like in my head, I was I was scoring it with Rad Racers uh, yeah. eight bit. <laughs> dun, 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 yeah, dude. You know, because because it, it just fit a lot better. Uh, Matthew Robbins was a neophyte at the time, I guess, so he didn't really know what was going on. You know. <laughs> Yeah, dude, what the hell? Missed opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like the movie yes. would have been so much better mm-hmm. with a better score. Yeah. Because I think the music really messes up the tone of the movie. I know. More than the way the scenes play out. Right. Like, it, it is totally wrong for this movie. Right. And there's one, like, w- w- one major casting issue that, that I have. Okay. Is, is that, like, the, the guy who plays the main bad guy, I didn't really buy that he'd be telling Brian James what to do. Really? Okay. You know, um, just because he wasn't uh, like he, he's presenting himself as Dolph Lundgren and he is yeah. like the same size as Mark. Hamill. He looks kind of like Dennis Leary a little bit. He does. Yeah. Yes, he does. He looks like young Dennis Leary uh-huh. and he's got an open shirt and with a medallion. Yeah. And he drives a big black muscle car and he's and he's I, I, I never really felt that he was any kind of danger to Mark Hamill and Annie Potts. Okay. If, if Brian James had been the one or hell. Even the chain dude. Yeah. You know, like, like both of those guys are in the employ of this, like, kind of slight dude. I bought him. Did you? Yeah, okay. I thought he was a little Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, yeah. I don't know. So he was, like, Dean? Yeah, he's, like, Dean the Mattress King. <laughs> yeah. You know? Okay. <laughs> he was a little bit. All right, all right. That, that's fair. I don't know. I, I bought it. Okay. I mean, because he's, he's the brains. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I don't know, Brian James is just his goon. Well, but but Brian James is like pure evil. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he's yes, always the man, Brian James. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, he is. Well, he's a simulant, Dave. He's not. He's not a person. <laughs> no, you're right. Or is he? Oh, who could is, say? Ask Roy Batty about that one. <laughs> well, we'll know when the sequel comes out later in the year. <laughs> oh you know? yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, so anything else with this movie? Um, I guess I guess that's really it. But I mean, you know, yeah, just it, it's it's man. Um, I wish I could remember the seventies. You know, <laughs> I, I wish I had memories of it because yeah. it looked like it was a lot of fun. It probably was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, you got all kinds of fun stuff. Going just so on. many sexy adventures, mm-hmm. you know. And and and, and, and I, you know, I, I just I wasn't old enough. So, would you recommend this movie? Yeah, I would recommend Corvette Summer. Mm-hmm. If um if if you've never heard of this, it, it's understandable. But but please seek it out because you know. And anybody who likes Ghostbusters or Star Wars or Blade Runner or anything or the Partridge Family or the Thing or the Thing, yes, mm-hmm. or Crimson Peak, yeah. enjoy yourself and watch Corvette Summer. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so we're going to do our star ratings. You're going to give it a star? Uh, yes, I will give it three stars. Okay, three out of five, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I, I agree. This is a three out of five star movie. Mm. I would recommend it. It has some flaws that could be <laughs> fixed if you just, dude. Just put some deep purple on while you're watching the movie. That's it. That's it, man. I know. You've got it. Then you're good. Right. Um, but yeah. It was fun. Uh-huh. It wasn't as fun as the title suggests. True. But um, it was really good. The two actors really make the movie. Oh, it sells it. It's yeah. great. They're, mm-hmm. they're awesome in this movie. Uh, so, yeah. That about wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes. Rate it. Review it. Most of all, share it. Gets more dudes listening to the dudes. If you don't use iTunes... Find us anywhere else you get a podcast. Leave us a rating or a review there, mm-hmm. please. Or go to dudesonmovies.com and you find anything you need right there. Yes, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Dudes on Movies. And we have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Please hit us up. Yeah, dude. So, Dave, what is next week's... What is this week's question of the week? Uh, the question of the week. What is your favorite deep cut from a well-known star? Yeah, this is a this one's a thinker. Yeah. Think about this one. Exactly. Mark Hamill was in this movie mm-hmm. called Corvette Summer. 
Find something like that. Yes, yes. It's going to be tough, probably. Right. All right. Um, so stay tuned next week when we do 1977's The Dragon Lives Again, directed by Joe Law, starring Shu Long Lung, also known as Bruce Long. The deepest of cuts, everybody. This one doesn't count. This is a Bruce Ploitation film. Get ready. Uh, so Google that. Right. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time.